Hello and welcome to another episode of LighterCast. My name is Brian Krogsgaard. I'm here with Josh Olsewicz again. We're going to talk about several things that we've been seeing in the market. There's going to be some news-ish type of stuff, market analysis that's beyond just the price and stuff. But we'll talk price too. Hey, Josh. I'm Brian. That's oh, always pretty. good to be with you, Brian. You know, it, no matter it, what day of the week, what time, we are here together. Just what a great guy. You know, I'm awesome. just glad that uh, I'm just glad that it's not as long of a break as it was last time because that was uh, not enough, Josh Olshowicz. Ah, that's the first time I've ever screwed up your name. <laughs> it's okay. Not enough, Josh Olshowicz, in my life last time that last break. So it's been a couple of weeks since we've talked, but not too long. Well, the uh, best part about it, you know, even recording YouTube videos, shameless self plug. Uh, <laughs> I, I watch I watch my own YouTube videos so often because it acts as a trading journal for me, and I also mm-hmm. listen to our podcasts, your podcasts, uh, very frequently, multiple times after the fact to like refresh my memory of all this stuff. So it's like a a journal of sorts. So how yeah, long awesome. do you? How long will you go back as a throwback and uh, find what your mental state was? Like, have you gone back to 2017? Because it scares me. Um, on YouTube, I have for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I look at old stuff all the time. <laughs> um, I also listen to our old podcast, like the one about Coinbase, uh, just because it was so funny that it, the last uh, Coinbase hate round, the last delete yeah, Coinbase, it, it it resurfaced. You know, like our our Coinbase stuff. Um, I said something to the effect of, uh, we, we agreed with Coinbase's decision about something at the, in the moment, you know, with market correction or something, market structure. I don't remember. And um, I said that that won't always be the case, and that quickly turned out to be true. <laughs> So anyway, um, well, why don't we start there? Because I guess that's been some drama, a little older, but worth worth mentioning. I mean, um, one of the things I think we're seeing in the market, we're going to talk about exchanges and volumes because this Bitwise report came out, which was bombshell. Bombshell. (laughs) I mean, to most look to most of us who are who've been in this trading scene for a little while. We are very acutely aware of what is real fake, and what is not fake real. Fake volume yeah. and stuff. But oh, yeah. So we're going to dig into exchanges and what they're describing there. But uh, just the sentiment towards exchanges, I mean, I feel like Coinbase has, has really done as much as they can to get continued negative sentiment. Uh, going back to this thing of hiring a, uh, a team of, of not-quite-white-hat hackers <laughs> that probably assisted Saudi Arabia and others in nefarious activities. And uh, then they had to backtrack and say like, oh, no, we've, we're going to let them go, <laughs> uh, even though they weren't involved in any of that, which is all kind of a bunch of baloney. It sounded like they didn't have great options in terms of what they were looking for, which was basically, it was kind of security screening, right? So like having knowledge of the the wallet addresses and stuff that were interfacing with their platform. Um, basically, yeah, chain analysis, basically. Yeah, chain analysis. And one of the things I have not seen a lot of, and I don't want to like speak ill of them, but there's a company that a lot of the exchanges do use for chain analysis. And I think they're called, are they called chain analysis? Chain labs? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Yeah, they're called chain analysis. Called chain analysis. And Coinbase's insinuation was that chain analysis, the company was doing stuff with that data that Coinbase didn't agree with. So hence they went on this uh, shopping journey to find uh, another partner. So that's the side of that story that I found interesting. Um, yeah, it was kind of a like he said, she said sort of thing because then yeah. Chain Analysis came out and said, we don't actually look at your data to the okay, point where did. we view personal information. It's um, just more that they have access to it, I guess. Right. And then I also talked to somebody from Chain Analysis at a conference in DC here, and they they uh, concurred with that statement that, uh, or they agreed with that statement that um, Coin Chain Analysis doesn't look at uh Personal personal identification information, I think yeah. is what he called it, PII maybe. Anyway. So Coinbase trying to choose between do we continue working with a partner that has access to our information but says they don't use it, or do we hire uh, an extremely shady <laughs> company? I'm sorry, Aquahire, an ex- extremely shady company. <laughs> they chose that. Uh, and it the backlash was pretty immediate, um, but I guess they got the tech out of it, and I think actually it'll probably fade. But I think these are just chips in the or chinks in the armor or whatever you want to call it for the next time there really is retail. Like it, it'll still require people recommending Coinbase as a place to go buy cryptocurrency, and I think there are several other entities that are taking t- taking that uh, that goodwill. Most of all, uh, Square. 
with old Jack, the the team lead uh, in in the Bitcoin um, evangelism race. Uh, Jack, the CEO of Square and Twitter and via the Cash app, they like seem to really be taking some market share in terms of a, a re uh, a fiat on ramp, right? Yeah, I mean, if you look at Coinbase as completely brand confused, and if you look at Square as brand focused, I mean, yeah. that's just like a case study in, in uh, those two um, sentiments, I think, because I agree. I mean, Coinbase is just fading quickly to anybody who knows anything about anything. That's not to say that it's still going to be popular during a bull market, um, which is another reason. Rather. I, I think it will, because yeah. who else do you trust in the US? I mean, Square is great. But they have limits. They have Square has its issues that aren't like substantial, but there are some issues there. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in a in a bull market, like nobody cares about anything. You know, they just want to they just want to on ramp. You know, they don't yeah. care about chain analysis. They don't care about uh, funding Saudi Arabia, whatever, <laughs> whatever the crazy thing is. Like nobody cares. They yeah. just want to load up their credit card and go. Yeah, uh, you're probably right. A, Coinbase will probably get away with it, but I don't think they're without some pressures on their on their platform. Um, well, if you look at all these exchanges, talking about exchange volume, like they're trying to list as much garbage as they physically can, and in Coinbase's case, they're ramping up to an IPO eventually. Um, so they're worried about that. I'm sure they're concerned about uh, institutional or lack thereof uh, stuff. Just again, like brand is all over the place for them. They don't know what they're doing pretty clearly. Um, and to, to talk about exchange volumes, it's kind of the same thing. You know, everybody hopes that the, the promised land of a bull market will get them past all this. And to survive, they just fake volume to sort of stay relevant. Do you think, so a lot of the fake volume, and let's dig in, I guess, to the Bitwise side of things. So they released mm-hmm. this report, extremely in-depth, and they essentially gave a profile, like literally with screenshots of the exchange, what the order flow looks like, mm-hmm. put these histograms together, basically a chart of what natural volume looks like and what unnatural volume looks like. Um, and for natural volume, they share all the stuff, all the ones that you know of and actually have accounts with, you know, the Coinbase, Kraken, Bitstamp, Polo, Bittrex, Bitflyer, Bitfinex, Binance, I'm probably missing a couple, but those are the, the big ones that are real. And even those may have some some wash trading that may be existing, but like mm-hmm. there, the all these other ones are just basically giant scams, like the coin beans and Bitforex and whatever. It's not even worth naming all of them, but they're just crap. Mm-hmm. And they basically prove that. And like you said, we all know that, but they made that more visible, uh, which I found these charts really interesting. But when you say to me, these are all like new arrival, weird versions of exchange scams. Um, mm-hmm. But do you think that other, like the the legit exchanges, are basically rushing to try to figure something out in terms of like how can they be relevant still, and that they may be faking volume as well? Well, I mean, everybody's hurting, like ex- unless you're Binance, apparently, you know. Uh, yeah. Nobody's doing as well as they were last year, or yeah, even last year, but 2017, obviously, but even 2018, volumes were better, I think, than they are now. Yeah. Well, yeah, volumes equal fees, and fees are how you pay your people. So uh, even Coinbase is changing their their market fees, uh, their maker taker structure, which isn't uh, exactly good. Yeah. You know, that's for- another that's another thing, and I had a little bit of a conversation about this with some folks that. I don't think agreed with me. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Um, another Coinbase news was they're getting rid of their free um, limit orders for a uh, a maker. So meaning you put the order on and you you guarantee yourself you won't be a taker. So you have to make the order at a price that it doesn't exist at right now. Those have always been free on Coinbase. To be quite honest, like that's where my kids, like I trade their stuff is on Coinbase Pro for a variety of reasons. I want to be. I don't really want their money on Binance, for example. Even though I, I mostly trust Binance, I don't want their money. I don't want their stuff there. Um, I'm more cautious with them than I am with myself. Um, but the biggest thing that kept me there was the fact that the trades were free. You know, like there's mm-hmm. no fees. I don't see any differentiation for Coinbase from say Kraken or Bittrex or Bitstamp, uh, other than having those free trades and. It's a real thing that will cause me to leave Coinbase, which like from a company culture perspective, I'd already like to do, but I was mm-hmm. still trading on, on Coinbase Pro because it was free uh, right. for my for my kids' stuff. Do you think that I'm 
a minority or do you think that matters? Like, obviously, my kids' savings accounts are not millions of dollars. Like some of the accounts that were will still get some discounts for trading, but you have to trade a lot, like tens of millions of dollars in order flow per month in order to get to the free tiers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you uh, think that's no, significant? I, yeah, I don't think you're alone. I mean, I would leave. I would have left a long time ago if my my bank and Coinbase uh, ever said anything negative about me as a customer. You know. Yeah. So I've been with them since 2013. I've had zero issues. My my bank and them has had zero issues. So that's like on ramp, off ramp situation. I don't want to mess with. You know. Um, yeah. As far as the trading situation, I completely agree. Whether you're trading with smaller size. Uh, frequently or bigger size, less frequently, those fees add up very quickly. You know, yeah, especially absolutely. if you're if you're trading at any frequency that we are, which isn't even you know like HFT stuff. It's just, uh, but you regular. might be in swing trades where you're entering and exiting trades almost on a daily basis as you like blend all that together. Yeah, I mean, I looked at my fees uh, for like the past thirty days, and I was shocked at how high they were. <laughs> Most of my stuff is taker, but occasionally, like you just need to order, you need to market buy. Yeah, like we were. When uh, LTC was breaking 33, I, I couldn't get filled bef- below 35, so I just had to market buy, which was the right trade. Like it, it went to 40, 50, whatever it is now. Um, but I had to eat that fee because I couldn't get filled. You know, yeah. And that's just how it is sometimes. Yeah, especially it's- if you're trading on an exchange that's essentially lagging where the move is occurring, uh, and that's another thing that's very common between Coinbase Pro versus, say, like Binance. I think. A lot of these altcoin moves are originating on Binance where there's the most active volume. And so as it's breaking out, you're like sitting there trying to wait for the move to come back to you on Coinbase Pro. And it just doesn't because all that action of like the whipsaw and everything is happening on Binance and Coinbase is just sitting there trying to catch up from arbitrage bots. Right. And uh, And yeah, it makes it to where you end up basically hitting the market anyway so yeah those fees are significant but that's for like that's for the active trader every now and then type of stuff like usually yeah, but even even still people with massive accounts aren't trading very often right now you know in a in a sideways market there isn't much trading going on um and this is talking with people who trade volumes way higher than i do you know they're they're taking fewer trades total so they also aren't hitting these like $10 million in the 30-day period uh, requirements to get free uh, maker or discounted yeah. taker. And if you're not hitting those on the 30-day rollover, then you go back to the other fee. Like it just resets you down to whatever. And so if you're hitting, I think by default, they're kind of around the 0.2% range, which does add up very quickly. Um, but they go down to like 0.1 or something with discounts and things like that. Uh but yeah, I just think that that's another pra- uh, tactical mistake from Coinbase, one of many. And I'm surprised, or I'm not surprised, but I'm baffled, I guess, like how a company well, can be raising fees so many from zero things. is fine, I think, but they needed to stay consistent. They instantly yeah, made themselves more expensive than uh, Kraken and some others that Americans can trade at. Which I found yeah. very strange. And the whole reason I've never traded on Gemma. Same. Yeah. So. Also, also their liquidity is terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but to me, it made it to where now Kraken and Bitrex are very appealing alternatives to Coinbase. Specifically, those two because um, you know you have altcoin exposure through both of them, and depending on the product, the liquidity might be decent enough relative to to Coinbase. Um, so yeah, I was pretty surprised by that. But uh, let's dig into the actual volume, which I find interesting. So this Bitwise report for the top ten exchanges, it show it has a graph of the volume, and it, on the high side, Binance's uh, actual volume on a daily basis was about 110 million, 24 hour volume. Followed by Bitfinex at 38, Kraken at 31, Bitstamp at 31, Coinbase at 27, Bitflyer at 14, Gemini at 8, ItBit at 6, Bitrex at 5, and Poloniex at 1.4 million. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just like, oh my gosh. And they even chart these over time as well in terms of this top 10 uh, market share. And I mean... Immediate takeaway for me is just Poloniex just melted, which again, I guess we knew, but holy crap, when you graph it, talk about being left with a bag uh, 
circle buying Poloniex for $400 million just does not look good now. Yeah, they. Uh, this is a bear market, right? Like in a bull market thing. I still trade there. Okay, so. <laughs> you still trade on Polo? Yeah, man. I trade everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Uh, like I, I trade where I have money, where I see opportunities. You know, like certain exchanges have certain things that other exchanges don't have. I don't know. Like not all these exchanges have the same pairs. So it kind of is the rate limiting factor to where you can yeah. go. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm going to make an admission here, which is I've never made a trade on Poloniex ever. Wow. How could you even call yourself a crypto person? I know. I was, uh, I think it was because by the time I was more actively trading, Bittrex was already a decent alternative and like there was already momentum going towards Bittrex. So that's where I did the vast majority of my uh, non, non GDAX trading was on Bittrex until you Binance. Missed, you missed the Cripsy thing as well. Oh, yeah. I missed before, before your time, I think. Yeah, a lot of those old school hacks too, like were really before me. Um, but with these volumes, I did a, a little bit of math, uh, which I just found entertaining for myself. Maybe, maybe you can relate. But if you divide some of these valuations by the 24-hour trade volume, Coinbase is valued at $8 billion dollars. And with their uh, $27 million 24-hour volume, that's $296 per $1 million in 24-hour volume. And using the same metric, uh, Polo's is $285 at their $400 million sale price to Circle. And Kraken's is $129, so significant discount per $1 million volume at a $4 billion valuation, which was the number that was going around with a raise that they were trying to do recently, which I felt $4 billion was high for Kraken. But relative to this volume metric, it's actually not that bad. Mm-hmm. And the valuation of Binance at this same level, uh, I didn't do the exact math, but 110 is, you know, uh, more than three times Coinbase. So they would be worth like $25 billion or $30 billion based on this volume metric, if you were to try to do it that way. Uh do you think that's a relevant way to look at the value of some of these exchanges? Or do you think there's significant stuff that's missing from looking at it that way? So it looks like the ADV, the average daily volume was for four days, March 4th to March 8th. Is that what it, the bottom right of the slide? Yeah. That's what it looks like. And that was of this year, which is not a good time because like volume was real low across the board. I looked at the, yes. the chart for that. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. I mean, it's hard to say. Like what? What's the right time frame to look at volumes for anything? But uh, it's definitely interesting that Binance is like five x the next highest exchange, right? As far as volume, or three x, three to five x, let's say. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you're trading there, but like as no. someone that does trade there, you don't even have to trade with significant size to realize like it's just so much easier on Binance. Uh, there's basically you can throw a market order of any size, barring absurdity, and the slippage will be pretty limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty incredible depth on Binance for their higher, like the stuff that's higher volume. And uh, it's just not like that. Like it, it's the same as if you, if you drill down to five minute charts and you look at it on Kraken and you look at it on Binance, it's just a night and day difference. Yeah, ghost town. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I think eventually, this is probably controversial, but uh, because there are so many pairs and so many possibilities for like, stable coins and whatever i think eventually everything's just going to be boiled down into bitcoin and with some denomination uh so like or not not uh let me rephrase that not bitcoin like specifically but um it's just going to say bitcoin ethereum uh ripple whatever like it's i don't think there's going to be like a btc usd i don't think that's going to exist i just think it's going to be like bitcoin with some price honestly like there's no way all these pairs stay liquid these stable coin pairs yeah well not just stable coins but there's so there's BTC pairs, there's ETH pairs, there's oh, yeah, BNB, BNB pairs. pairs, there's stablecoin pairs, which is like five to ten of those exist now, and there and there's USD pairs, and there's uh, any uh, denomination of fiat currency pair. So there's just no way this stuff stays liquid forever. Yeah, I, I agree with know, that. I don't know how they're listing, you know, X shitcoin per USD on an exchange that nobody's heard of nobody's gonna trade just doesn't make sense to me yeah have you seen that on uh on coinbase pro i'm probably doxing my kids account value to you that's okay uh but they have the usdc pairs for some stuff that are absolutely atrocious uh yo that's the other nefarious thing that that uh specifically coinbase is trying to do like force you to 
trade in USDC versus USD. Yeah, if you pull it up by default, like on a new session or whatever, even uh-huh. the BTC pair defaults to this BTC USD, which yeah. is freaking trash. I just pulled it up. I mean, look at this. It's like unbelievably bad. So a retail participant, that's what they would see first. Uh, and I, I don't get it. It's like, un- it's unbelievable to me. Yeah, that um, makes sense. And some of their new stuff, like... Uh, Loom is on there. This is one I was looking to buy. I wanted to buy it for my kids and I couldn't even with my kids account, like, which was not, it's not like not a ton. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I couldn't buy because the spread was too absurd. The price differentiation was too absurd for Loom USDC versus what it would be on say a Binance and their choices to do this make absolutely no sense to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they would make spread liquidity even thinner than it already is amongst stuff that's nobody's going to look at or trade like it doesn't make any sense to me and it's not even it's not even across the board thing too which is strange like they have a zrx btc pair but not a loom one uh which i don't get and their zrx contract trades significantly better like if you look at it here uh i mean there's at least tens of thousands of ZRX available on both sides. Like, obviously, that's not a ton of money because ZRX is like 30 cents or something. But you can make an order, you know, um, Mm -hmm. on some of these other ones where it's just the USDC. It's like this gigantic middle ground uh, on the spread and nothing on the first layer of, of the book. It makes no sense. And if I can't trade like my kid's little account <laughs> like on something like that then what good is it to even exist on the platform it's baffling so yeah i mean people you always hear like liquidity begets liquidity but the inverse of that is also true illiquidity begets illiquidity <laughs> no one wants yeah, to trade on, on an empty book you know yeah so for some reason yeah. zrx isn't so even uh, available for me is your zrx usd pair available there on coinbase uh, I think later, I think it is. For some reason, yeah. it's grayed out for me. It's just not available in your area, so it doesn't make any sense to me. But whatever. Maybe it's a state jurisdiction thing. I think that's part of Binance's uh, benefit as well. Is like they're spending resources on building product because they're basically saying screw you to all regulators. Like they're just they don't even have a jurisdiction really. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I guess they kind of do for they're releasing specific products to be a fiat gateway in these random countries like they just released australia um but it's basically a whole different exchange experience probably a whole different business it's not really binance um and i think that's to their great benefit from a uh what do you call that like a a a product development perspective because they don't they're not just dealing with regulators like can we do this or like got your tail between your legs because you're afraid um and for what it's worth yeah i do have it versus usd which i thought i did because i'm pretty sure i've bought zrx for my kids with usd before yeah i feel like i've traded that pair before as well you don't have it right now that's strange no yeah it is very strange yeah i could i could dump on the market right now (laughs) some zrx (laughs) usd uh anyway so i i think this whole exchange thing has just been um it's just been baffling a little bit strange but uh yeah it's it's dark times for some of these exchange operators and i think we're gonna see a new change of the guard in in some ways and i'm curious if you think binance is gonna continue to gain dominance or or who do you think um let's do upgrades and downgrades josh Okay. What what exchanges do you think are on the right track? Who would you who would you buy, sell, and hold on the exchange front? That's what I want to. Oh man! I mean, you got to sell Coinbase, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Way over. I feel like I feel like they're in a bear market company wide, and uh, I don't see that stopping anytime soon. But just if they keep making these garbage decisions, how can you not? Yeah, Um, especially from a valuation standpoint. And I completely agree with you. You can see Bittrex and Poloniex obviously losing massive market share to uh, Binance, but uh, I'm not a pro Binance guy. I'm a, I'm a hold. I'm a hold on Bittrex and and Polo for that matter. Uh, Polo just it's it's probably it's, it's a value play <laughs> at this point. It's, 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 it's true. Too, too cheap to sell. It's already yeah. <laughs> too it's already too wrecked. So I'm I'm holding Polo. I'm holding Bittrex. I have some I have some optimism on the Bittrex side. But you said you're not a Binance guy. But what do you what do you do here? And BNB is a tradable token, which has been honestly leading the leading the altcoin market in a lot of ways. So what do you do with Binance? You buy, sell, or hold? 
I just stay out. I think don't trade what you don't know. Um, you know, be not just the coin, but the in this exercise, but the coin. You know, the coin is going up because they're listing scam garbage. You know, like yeah, they might have the highest volume. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too bearish on the exchange in general, but uh, I just don't see how this how Binance Coin continues to just do phenomenally. You know, maybe in a bull market it'll do well, but um, they just keep doing these exchange initial exchange offerings or whatever you want to call them to like prop up the price i feel i don't know yeah so they i think what's interesting is like cz in particular clearly gives uh, a lot of regard to the value of binance coin but they're Mm -hmm. building a ton of stuff in order to support these token metrics sure um the latest pretty new is they have uh revealed some stuff in their api apparently a while back but the the twitter and media world's getting a hold of it uh they're putting some uh some information about margin in their api so that there's likely going to be some margin tradable products on binance soon and even in addition to that it may require holding some bnb in order to enable margin so like maybe bnb will be your collateral for margin trading which i think is mm-hmm. just another potential bullish catalyst like you said they've was also it bullish been... or is it is it just like a way to force feed you into holding bnb at like as hostage you know are these are these mutual are these exclusive like <laughs> I, I mean it's obviously a it's a friction thing but it's something that they can get away with because they're who they are, you know? Yeah, but they're taking advantage of that. Like, I don't think it's but necessarily... But is that, is that, that okay? Unless someone can come along and, like, give a better option, then I think uh, I think it's pretty a pretty strong argument for BNB. I so think, it's like... I think BNB is overdone in, in the current ICOs. move. Sorry, go ahead. It's okay. I think BNB is overdone in its recent move that it's had and uh-huh. is due for a retrace, but that's not to say I don't think BNB doesn't have some fundamental advantages going forward. Um, same with the ICO stuff. Like previously, it w- that's what made Ethereum do what it did. Like Ethereum went absolutely nuts with uh, not much other than ICOs to its name. And BNB is now saying, hey, we got the platform for your ICO and we got the coin for your ICO. So why shouldn't it be similarly rewarded uh, from a valuation standpoint? So I think that's what we saw on the run up above its Bitcoin relative all time high. Um, I mean, it moved significantly. I completely missed that because I really wasn't expecting it to be quite so uh, strong. But I mean, Binance has really performed well, like the coin. And I think it goes to show a lot of things to me. And one is that they're just dominating on the centralized exchange front and they, they're not stopping in terms of what they're trying to build from a product perspective. Um, so I don't want to discount their potential mm-hmm. from, from a technical standpoint. I think the, the coin may be a little overdone, needs to chill, consolidate at least, which it's doing unknown yet, whether it'll dump down and like retest the all time high breakout and all that kind of stuff. But I'm in a, I'm in a clear, uh, I'm in a clear by the dip, territory with Binance. I'll say that in our in our exchange buy sell hold. I'm uh I'm hold on Binance but buy the dip. And I'm going to say if I'm going to have to be bullish on one, like if I'm going to buy, there's two, there's two that I'll name. Uh Kraken and Bitstamp, I think for me are my buys for quasi different reasons. Um Bitstamp, I'm going to say buy because I think they're maybe the best parallel for like a direct fiat replacement of Coinbase. And from my understanding, pretty good interfaces, mobile apps, like they've built out the product. Do you, mm-hmm. have you used Bitstamp? Do you have thoughts on that? I've used it years ago. I haven't used it recently. Okay. So, so I don't really have thoughts on that. I haven't really used it recently either. I'm basing this on recommendations. When people were like, hey man, I would want to get out of, I, I want to delete Coinbase. Now, where do I go? Yeah. The recommendations for Bitstamp were pretty strong, which I felt like there was some, some chatter. Uh, and well, also, I, I was actually shocked that Bitstamp had that high of average daily volume because it, anytime I look at it, it's me just too. completely in the toilet. <laughs> I'm so. on the same page. That's what that was my other reasoning for. Like, I was surprised that they're basically on par with Kraken and, and Coinbase from a volume standpoint. And uh, yeah, I mean, everything about the exchange and everything looks pretty good. The fees, the any people that I've ever talked to from Bitstamp. They have a mobile app, which very few can say that. Um, well, so, anytime yeah. you look at the volume for Bitstamp, it's like, oh, 20 coins, push the book 100 bucks or something. You know, like, I don't know. That's anecdotal. 
Yeah. But that's that's my um, awareness of Bitstamp from a volume perspective. Yeah. So maybe there's not as much depth as we think, but there's definitely been some volume there. Um, yeah. Well, not wasn't a- somebody somebody was uh, the Winklevi? Like, there, I feel like there's institutional volume there that we're not abreast of. Like, um, Gemini maybe had to sell through Bitstamp at some point. I don't know. Mm. Like some some maybe that's where some like of it's that. coming from. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's one where I want to I want to consider it in terms of a, a Coinbase replacement for me. I'm yeah. Uh, back to Binance real quick. So I agree with all of your points. However, I would also consider like is requiring listings for IEOs in BNB is that manipulation? Is requiring you to hold BNB in order to participate in the IEO manipulation? Is actively uh, managing or massaging the total um, amount available in circulation um, manipulation is that make does that make it a security like these are all the questions that i think other people are considering for sure and i think those are uh justifiable risks i i don't know i don't it 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 would make me nervous um i think like you mentioned i think it's a security yeah, I do too, 100%. So like you mentioned, ETH did well because of ICOs. And yeah, like everybody and their mother is trying to get ICOs on their coin so that they can do the same thing. Um, so it goes back to like, I say this a lot, but like there's no original thought in crypto. Once one thing does well, it's like, oh, everybody's got to do the same thing, you know, yeah. uh, which is fine. But uh, yeah, I just I, for that reason, I'm just really skeptical that uh, it can last. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I think that ICOs are kind of dead like i think maybe these binance icos are the last hurrah for both the the tokens and the the hype around them um Mm -hmm. i think so far the utility token concept has mostly failed um and i think that very few utility tokens deserve to exist and uh i think we'll continue to see moves away from that concept and it'll take some time obviously but uh i think a lot of the tokens that do exist are probably should be looking for how do we actually create utility here and does this make sense and all that kind of stuff but yeah yeah. they're they're even talking about like paying people in bnb which i'm pretty sure they do they do they Uh, only they're on they're an unbanked institution like uh, it's amazing (laughs) their employees all get paid in bnb so like it's cool but it's also frightening (laughs) Yeah. You know, like if something happens to be a B just externally, yeah, there goes all your, your paycheck, you know, it's just, it's a weird concept. Anyway, but that's what it, my Binance hating. What it means for so, now is their employees are probably incredibly motivated and rich. Uh, if they're getting paid rates of BNB that were set a year ago, you know? Yeah. But also if you're tying your entire value of the company and the, like the projects and everything, which CZ appears to be doing to the value of the token like that's not going to end well because eventually it's going to just retrace based on technical reasons like we were discussing yeah and all of a sudden you're going to think if you're an employee or whatever like oh i'm worth less because uh you know the token's going down obviously you get paid based on the value bi-weekly or whatever monthly i don't know it doesn't matter but um it's just I, i just don't see that ending well just psychologically you know yeah, definitely think there can be su- significant problems there. Um, and if you turn on the cloud for that chart, by the way, the cloud nailed that BNB trade. Um, and I saw that when it happened, but I didn't believe. I didn't open a Binance account. Oh, man. Let me look at it. That's that's the other part of it. I'm pretty sure you can only trade BNB on Binance. That might, that yeah, might be because wrong, everybody but... else is either terrified for regulatory reasons or competitive reasons. Um, so it's just it's just whew, more. Yeah. So if you go <laughs> back more to friction, January. It's more friction to force people to, to you know use that. Go ahead. If you go back to January, uh, you know, Binance was under a bearish cloud did an edge-to-edge trade, and basically broke out. You never got anything better than a test of the daily Tinkin. It never even hit Keijin, mm-hmm. and it was off. And it still is. It's still a hold, according to the cloud. But the mm-hmm. uh, the retrace to become bearish would be a significant one. So it's one of those return-to-the-mean potential scenarios where it's it looked pretty C-clampy, and that would have given you a good uh, opportunity to either sell or short I mentioned in a video I did the other day, like I was looking at this, basically the, I have this parabola drawn on it, which mm-hmm. it's broken. And I was looking at it like right after it broke that parabola. And I was like, if I had a short market on BNB, I would take it. Like I would take this trade because the, 
you know, the exit of the trade is new all time high or whatever. Pretty easy risk reward here. Um, but yeah, man, the cloud well, drilled getting, that. Yeah, no, it did. It nailed that trade. Um, if if uh, price gets away from the ten kin like that, that's when you really start need, needing. That's when you really start to need. <laughs> why can't I say that? That's when you really need to start to pay attention because um, that signals that it's heavily uh, overbought in this case. But like it can it can go pretty far from the the Kijun, just like pricing travel from the two hundred pretty far. Uh, yeah, but generally on these lower EMAs, like if it's moving faster than the fastest EMA you have on the chart, then definitely overbought or oversold. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to dig into some technicals at the end of the show. Uh, first, I want to I want to end our buy sell hold. Uh, I'm gonna without too much analysis, I'm gonna also go ahead and throw a sell on Gemini because I have a feeling their, their value yeah. valuation's too high, and mm-hmm. basically it's a big whatever exchange with all these things and no one uses it so i don't care uh, not only does no one use it but cboe who was using their end of day auction for their futures product uh just dumped their futures product so pretty bearish yeah yeah um and i want to i want to dig into kraken a little bit because i think they're the uh they're the cypher funk in the room and <laughs> they interest me they annoy me but they interest me um Kraken has been making some moves. They bought a futures platform that's called something. Um, crypto facilities. Crypto facilities. And mm-hmm. they made a big deal about it being an eight-figure deal, which there's no way they put out eight figures of cash for that. That's a stock equivalent, I would almost guarantee. Um, but it was, a, it was a move into the futures realm. Americans can't trade that. That doesn't have any application for me. But I'm interested in Kraken for this reason. They've got fiat. On, they've got decent security or great security relative to their peers, so I hear. Uh, the interface is crap, but they're apparently building better a better interface. And they have margin capability, and that's the thing that matters for me. So for an American, you can trade with margin up to about 5x uh, with their big pairs against USD. And I think that gives them a leg up in the world where BitMEX is really cracking down on Americans. There's just not a lot of great places if you want to trade with any margin at all. And I think Kraken is gaining some of the benefits from that. And also as a Coinbase alternative, also as this uh, cypherfunk ideal like that they put off, which can be a little... Cypher... Let's correct you before we get angry. Sorry. sorry. Cypherpunk. Cypherpunk. There you go. What have I been saying? (laughs) Cypher funk. I, Cypher. You said. I, said, I thought I said punk. <laughs> okay, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Sorry, go ahead. Maybe I did, but yeah, I. Uh, they got this. They got. They're edgy. They're they're edgy. Jesse Powell's just talking crap on Twitter all the time, and and yeah, they're edgy, edgy. They're angry. They're. Uh, I hate SF, but I work here. You know, like yeah. <laughs> It's like a you know the whole SF thing is. I it's don't a little much. There, it's a little much for like me. If, yeah, I mean, if you if you hate it that much, just leave. You know, you have you have money. Yeah, just leave. I think some of them anyway. did, but uh, yeah, they they're fascinating. Um, I, their their culture side of things it doesn't jive with me a hundred percent, but I don't hate it. Like it's better than what I see from Coinbase, I guess. Um, I'd rather have them as a friend than an enemy. We'll say it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got no I got no cracking beef. Um, as a platform though, like. I just I think they move too slow. Like Binance kills them in moving fast, and they're like, "We got new stuff coming out," but they released a website redesign with some illustrations. Um, whereas, like their platforms, they integrate the stuff that they acquire, whether it's the futures or before that, Crypto Watch, so you can use the Crypto Watch style trading interface. But it's still not good. Like there's still it's still just a UI nightmare to me, and they're apparently fixing the, those things, but. So I'm still a buy on them because I'm giving them the the what do you call that like the benefit of the doubt that they're going to better their interfaces um, and I think from a culture standpoint like they've got a lot of potential in the crypto ecosystem for people to like that like it's the it's the kind of the Bitcoiner way to approach things um, and Coinbase is more the ETH way to approach things I guess <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah so well, I'm kind of bullish about- on Kraken. If we talk about crypto being in like the fourth inning of a baseball game, I feel like exchanges are like in the preseason. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of simple things I feel that they need to do just across the board to yeah, make things better. I agree uh, completely. But I, I agree with you with the uh, trading, the uh, leverage on Kraken. Um, I trade there. I use it. It's excellent. Like, you know, you have to trade off crypto watch, whatever. That's fine. You don't have to, but it's ideal uh, or it's better than trading off their website anyway. If you had to trade um, on their website, I don't think I could do it. I think I'd just choose not to margin trade. 
Yeah, for sure. But like 5X is plenty of money. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's what if I think anything, is silly. Like, yeah. If anything, it's going to make you a better trader by bumping down the leverage. Not you. Um, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, just like bumping the leverage down. I always tell this to everybody who asks me. Um, the, the best thing you can do to help yourself is decrease the leverage because you'll just shoot yourself in the foot. Like you'll be right so often, but because your leverage is so high, you just have no choice but to get stopped out or close the position. Uh, whereas if you're holding at 5x or less, you can just ride that sucker till you know, it's ready to go. Um, yeah, so 5x is fine. And for Americans, that's amazing because, you know, we don't really have many options. Yeah, I mean, anyone that not in the U.S., like, you're spoiled. Let's just throw that out there. You're spoiled. Mm-hmm. you got better options by, than us by far. Um, and I would include Bitfinex in that too. Like, I would like to trade bit, at Bitfinex. Uh, it's just they don't let you, so I can't. Uh, yeah. What do you think the chances are, uh, percent-wise, that the best place for people to trade is not anywhere on this list or really like a known entity right now. The best place for people to trade? Two years from I now. I mean, the other... In two, two years from now, the best place to, for people to trade is not even on this list that we just went over, this 10 exchange list. I mean, it's possible Binance sort of came out of nowhere, but CZ had a background at OKCoin before um, Binance, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Didn't he leave? So, yeah. He left OKCoin. Um, so, like, um, he was part of the team or... The head architect of their futures product, I'm pretty sure. Which was so, one of the ones criticized for fake volume, for what it's worth. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but the, anything China, you have to assume is fake. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it's possible. You know, I think like Cash App is great for day trade. The Cash App is great for trading because it forces you not to day trade. It yeah. forces you to buy and hold. Take it slow. <laughs> it forces you to only buy so much because there's like a 10k per week maximum or something. Um, yeah, so like that's a great platform for Joe Schmo to trade on. You know, Joe Public. I think there will be uh, a couple of options that come out that are going to be superior to what we see currently. Personally, um, I mean, I think it's it's too easy to become better than most of these for a product to not show up out of nowhere you know yeah yeah i think there's uh i I think there's still a lot of room left to be interesting in the exchange space and you'd think it's crowded because there's a jillion of them but i think most of them are just outright scams so like if one comes out and it's serious and it's offering something significantly better i still think there's room so that's all i'll say on that let's dig into price in the show man uh you mentioned the cloud bitcoin is really not doing anything different (laughs) <laughs> can't not mention the cloud. Of course. Uh, Bitcoin is not doing a whole lot different from the last time we talked a couple weeks ago. It's been grinding up, uh, becoming both a little more bullish and a little more precarious <laughs> because it's kind of tightening. Um, but what do you what do you see in the market? There's one thing that I know has happened uh, that you'll you'll probably want to mention because it's the first time it's happened since whatever uh, January. But what are what are your general thoughts on the market here? Yeah, so back in February, maybe January, I was talking about like the possibility of edge to edge trades. Mm-hmm. And anytime I mention anything like months in advance, people are always like, you're wrong. This isn't going to happen. Screw Whatever. you. Insert expletive here. Okay, 33 by July guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's that too. Um, so, you know, it's always binary. It's like a decision tree. It either happens or it doesn't. So it happened. Okay, then what do we do? Um, then I get the whole like, it's not working the way you intended you said it was going to or whatever um so the tldr is we're in the cloud we're grinding through the cloud which is kind of expected uh it's messy in here it's yucky uh but the cloud itself is twisted bullish for the first time since january 2018 so to me that says the bottom is in now that might change if things if we we don't pull up above the cloud and we drop below again which is certainly possible that's very bearish that's very bearish but if you look on these settings with cloud, we don't typically get cross recrosses on the cloud quickly. So um, that's a good sign. You know, and I always say this to people too, like the cloud told you to win to get out and it didn't tell you to get back in yet. So it, it might tell you to get back in pretty soon. Uh, so I'm going to listen to that. Just like I should have listened to BNB uh, breaching the cloud, you know, like you have a system, you have rules, you're supposed to trade the system. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the cloud has done really well on doubled settings on daily. And you said January 2018. That was when it turned bearish. It hasn't right, turned was... from bearish to bullish since November 2016. Uh, yeah. So if you want to talk about hype, <laughs> uh, 
that's that's why the statement that the bottom the bottom is in if the cloud is right uh although it hasn't yeah, that- hasn't triggered yet but if it breaks out above then it would it would trigger and it would it would be the sign to say hey the bottom's in trend wise like and that's yeah i agree with you on that and i uh, i'm looking at different some other stuff as well mainly the 200 week sma but if you look at things from a cloud perspective uh this grind inside the cloud, it gives a lot of leeway for a lot of stuff, like funky stuff to happen. Mm -hmm. But if it maintains the uh, move through and above the cloud, then Hey, that, that tells us we, at least based on the statistics and the trend based analysis, we should be buyers when that happens. Of course, yeah, basically you and I are already buyers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, If we close below 3650, let's say like that's ultra bearish, ultra bearish, probably probably revisiting lows, you know, whatever. Uh, another thing you can do is compare this to 2015 and that like Wyckoff accumulation um, zone. You know, we we had both a bullish cloud and a bullish 5200 cross and we still made a capitulatory spike down. Um, so that's still possible. It's always possible, but um, it's looking better than it has looked in months. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's you can't be ultra bearish when I when you see that. So, yeah, I agree with that. Um, I do think this is my personal opinion that uh, there's room to be disappointed here uh, in future weeks. So, oh, yeah, uh, I'm bullish like you are. We talked about this last time, so we won't go over it too much for like mid to high 4Ks, uh, mm-hmm. whether you're looking at the daily 200 moving average, the weekly Tinken, the whatever, whatever, prior, you know, prior horizontal levels, daily cloud top, lots and lots of stuff points towards the mid to high 4Ks. That's a level that's been adjusting its way down basically as the mean gets closer, like, you know, because price doesn't shoot up to go meet it. The the trends move down while the price is kind of grinding up. Um, if you look at the historical context, though, while that's my target on the upside, the last bear market as an example like it gave a lot of pain to the downside after it hit that initial move up right so like it Mm -hmm. wasn't without challenges it wasn't easy to escape the bear market even if the bottom was in or close to in like there was still a lot of pain like these 50 100 moves up that fully retrace before then it goes on to do its thing that doesn't change the underlying uh what do you call that? Like thesis, basically, that we've basically ended the all the big stuff. Like we're we're done with the hardest part. Now it's just survive the the chop and the boring stuff and the whatever you call that. Like you know, they just terrible wicks down. Don't yeah, the grind. Yeah, the grind. Don't lose all your money right before the glorious part. Yeah, I mean, anything above forty eight is going to be overperformance for me as far as where i expect this to go mm-hmm. um, I, I do expect it to at least touch the 200 daily uh moving average which is around 47 or something so yeah i don't expect this to just go up definitely not we're definitely gonna grind you know i don't think we're we're gonna be above uh six sixty two hundred by the end of the year i just don't think so uh, if anything we'll be grinding just below 62 and that's ultra optimistic yeah um but yeah it looks good for up though right now to me like we can still be above the cloud and grind for months like we did um in 2016 with that massive ascending triangle so just because the trend is bullish doesn't mean we actually go anywhere <laughs> yeah it could still be boring and hard just like you know the this, the descending triangle when it ended up being a descending triangle um before it broke down that was below the cloud the entire time we didn't really go anywhere we just you know grinding 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 yeah so there's a couple of things that I want to point out levels wise. And um, I've also said this on Twitter, said it a little bit last time we talked. The 200 week and the 200 day, I've put the 200 day in some pictures before on a weekly view. That's what this brighter green line is on mm-hmm. this view for you. You put those together and they're basically like this gigantic squeeze between that 200 week and the 200 day. And I consider those to be the primary resistance and support. And I think we could consolidate between them for a long time, including what you're talking about with this, you know, cloud, uh, cloud grind, general grind that we're going to have. I do think we're going to touch that 200 day. That's where I'm personally looking for, are going to be very cautious in terms of what what kind of stuff is above that. Um, and if we go above it, then I think the uh, the full retest of the breakdown, like the high 5Ks, 
is really the top of my target. But I agree with you that like probably anything above the 46 to 4,800 is kind of a danger zone i want to i want to have cash on the sidelines ready to buy dips at that point um and i'm not personally willing to change my overall bottom is in stance unless the um unless the the 200 week is like fails um Mm -hmm. because it's been so strong both in this market with two taps and in the prior market one interesting component about the prior market is it actually did go below the 200 week but it wasn't what i would call like definitive it was it kind of grinded along it and gave you some heart-wrenching weeks if you were paying attention to that but it didn't technically like it didn't blow out below it. um mm-hmm. anyway so yeah i uh i'm gonna let that be my guide and that's why the market, I'm, not, I'm not a 1k bear lots, sorry the market was a lot smaller then too um i don't know maybe it's easier to push around now i, I never know what to think of that you know people say oh it's so hard to go up i'm like well you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe it's hard to go down too i guess you know yeah um i definitely think that people that are looking for longer term exposure the money on the sidelines meme uh if that's real to me like that audience has got to be paying attention to that 200 week as a value play uh in addition to the percent down from all-time high and to me that's why i don't really believe in the in the 1k thing um, well if you're if your rnr is like you know if your stop loss is zero and your target is 20k the rnr right now is pretty good you know? yeah pretty much <laughs> so yeah. like if you if you're holding for like five years or three years whatever you know this is a pretty good dca not investment advice uh dca time yeah uh one other level that i've found fascinating is the the weekly bollinger band midline and the bollinger band midline is just the 20 bar moving average so we are right on that from a weekly basis and in the bear market that has been pretty much ironclad uh (laughs) resistance so Mm -hmm. if you want to be bearish currently or like on the sidelines that would be my personal technical reasoning why because otherwise like on the daily views and all that kind of stuff everything to me looks like we still want some up movement but we are on the uh right on the b-band midline so if mr bollinger is correct on the the weekly view then uh this is either a local top or we're about to bust up and get some explosiveness. And my bet's towards the explosiveness up to the 200-day moving average. Um, but it's possible that this is the end of the fun. Um, and the, um, the Adam and Eve just keeps looking better and better. <laughs> uh, the chart pattern, uh, the double bottom there. Even the, the volume, like that's what you want to see. You want to see the de- descending volume profile. Um, the next step would be um, high volume breakout above 4K. Yeah. On and- the on the BLX, which is the Brave New Coin Liquid Index, another shameless self-plug. I'll also say about the BLX that their constituents currently, guess the constituents currently. Uh, the NASDAQ. Uh, no, the constituents of the index. I'll oh. just list them. Okay. So the constituents are Bitfinex, Coinbase, Bitstamp, Kraken, Gemini, and ITBIT. Unsurprisingly, the same. That have real volume. That were listed in the Bitwise report that have real volume, yeah. Interesting. Now that that always that hasn't always been the case. You know, the constituents have changed and do change and will change. Uh, but um, yeah, if you're trying to look for real stuff, then uh, the BLX is where it's at. Yeah, you're highlighting the volume from yeah. 2017, the 2016. Vo- the volume from late 2016 when some Chinese exchanges, if I recall correctly, like just went yeah. berserk on it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, coin and BTCC. <laughs> A permanent scar on the BLX. <laughs> Yeah, they're trying to fix that. The problem is, like, how do you curate volume that may or may fake? Yeah. Yeah, but to me, Bitcoin um, looks good. Yeah, so my anticipation is that we're going to, yeah, and I think we're going to get a, that high velocity move uh, within the next week because I don't think that we're going to sit on this B-Band's midline for any longer. So I yeah, expect volatility. Problem, yeah, I do too. But the other issue is if you're looking at the CME quarterly rollover contract, whatever pricing um basically anytime we've changed contracts price has dumped pretty hard so if we don't pull up by the 29th so seven days um we might be in a danger zone situation interesting i haven't thought about that um from an altcoin perspective we can uh spend just a minute on it one thing i would say is that ethereum versus btc it has some supports but it kind of looks like crap to me um but a lot of the mid caps are moving so curious what your thoughts are there yeah i mean if you look at the alt the higher cap stuff they kind of outperform bitcoin earlier in the year so i don't expect them to just like continually massively outperform bitcoin here 
Um, so it's not surprising that the BTC pairs or some of this stuff doesn't look great. Like if you look at LTC, BTC too, like that looks like it needs a pullback. Yeah. And um, I would say some, some have already outperformed and have continued, but um, basically they seem to be doing some cycle, like rotation cycles. So like LTC mm-hmm. looks like it's basically at the end of a very powerful one. Uh, Ethereum is kind of laggy. If I was to point at one of the big, biggish coins that's, still got room it would be like ada which had a breakout today on a mm-hmm. gorgeous head and shoulders um, yeah i was too impatient with that one i was in it on the 50 it's like this beautiful 5200 day retest type of thing and then mm-hmm. it was just kind of grinding and it wasn't fulfilling my desires for degenerate daily moves <laughs> so i got out <laughs> pity pity me um i'm, I'm in that one unfortunately yeah. as a hate trade a hate uh, trade but just, never nothing just better to profit off of than a hate trade it's a gorgeous just, it's a gorgeous chart <laughs> pattern yeah i mean the technicals for that were just uh they can't really get much better you know a multi-month multi-shouldered inverted head and shoulders yeah with um the project has some fundamental stuff coming like nothing major but like a conference and staking yeah. and who knows what other garbage and the uh, uh the the curl up of the right shoulder was also the move above the 20, 50, and 200-day moving average. They all crossed at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. What I didn't like is how it was just kind of grindy into the shoulder break. So that's when I got out and uh, looked for greener mm-hmm. pastures, which was my own mistake. Because, of course, once the breakout happens, it's pretty rapid. So if it comes back down to retest that head and shoulders, then uh, I, I will try to be a buyer there. But I wasn't this time, so pity me. Yeah. The other part about that, I was discussing this with some other people, like it, it's a high probability trade, or it was, and it's working out, um, but the upside was also limited, but I also don't care because it was just such a slam dunk, uh, yeah. which we don't really see too often right now. I think it still uh, actually like the, got more room. I just don't want to, I just yeah. don't want to get in there and bag hold it if it does do the retrace. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. If you zoom all the way back, like between 16 and 20. Um, yeah. There's a horizontal like the level. Uh, yeah around 1800 sats is where i personally like uh it may not reach yeah, that anyth- i think we've seen that yeah, with anything, some other stuff i think like, about 16 is probably good yeah so i may try to get in it for that the one i actually get did get into i'm still in it, it almost because it was very similar to me uh mm-hmm. was neo i think neo is mm-hmm. absolute garbage uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it also has this like 50 200 squeeze thing and it looked like it was going to break up to me and it did and i bought the retest and then it just kind of piddled around so i'm sitting in here in a piddly neo uh while ada does exactly what i was anticipating and uh i'm waiting on neo to make the move for me so that i can uh get out of it (laughs) uh but i don't i don't hate that look um and there's been a lot of interest in altcoins like a lot of altcoins have looked fantastic to me and i'm curious if you've been playing any altcoins josh uh yeah so eos xmr ltc uh ZRX, um, ADA. Those are pretty much it. I haven't been playing like low, low cap stuff. I mean, Tezos, another hate trade I should have taken, but didn't. Um, you didn't take the I hate? Just, like, uh, why do no, you hate? Just, like, why do you hate it, man? It's the future. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a complete garbage project to me, but whatever. I actually don't agree with you on that. Uh, <laughs> I know. A lot of people don't. And that's fine. Uh, uh, however, I will, I will admit, um, I sold the vast majority of my uh, tezzies because uh, it broke one, two, three, three days. It moved just a tremendous amount, uh, about 70%. For a $500 million cap, that's a lot <laughs> to move in a bear market. Uh, so I, I, my average entry was actually pretty great. I mean, I bought once back when it was like before it broke down. Um, but I bought like four times that while it was in this accumulation range below 1200 or whatever that is, 1220K sats. Um, and my, my largest of that was in the like 1100s or something. So I was at too good of a profit not to take some off after a 30% day. And I sold everywhere from 170, which was a beautiful cloud top, which you noted, edge to edge trade. That was where my first sell was. But when it busted through, I was like, all right, all this is sell territory. I think it's going to retrace off this sum. So I kind of sold throughout the day and it went like my last sale of the day was basically the top, but I could have basically done nothing, sold at the daily close and been like thrilled, but I had no idea where it was going to 
retrace, but looks like it's going to consolidate and calm down here. I'm going to look for another entry in Tezos because I think that fundamentally it's actually not bad personally, uh, certainly better than some of the other crap out there. Um, but I, I differ the clouds, from you on that. The cloud sniper, like, <laughs> yeah, you could have just sat out until, yeah, I should have been a better cloud believer than I was, um, early on. I bought. I bought too early, which didn't really punish me from a price perspective, just a waiting around perspective. So I was baking, baby. <laughs> Got them free yeah. free Tezos. Uh, but I was probably missing other plays out in the out in the land of crypto coin trading. But yeah, I loved that move. And I actually think more coins are going to follow. I think uh, I think that's something that we're going to see. Some of these pop, pop off here and there. Uh, we're certainly seeing it a good bit right now. So I'm doing more active trading than I've done in a long time which I've been finding really fun. It's definitely a good set of size. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and share one of the things I've been uh, looking at. I got one pulled up here that's completely random and I got too much stuff on this chart. I apologize for your eyes. Um, Like what I've seen as being why I think it's a little different, right? Than the last year of crap uh, is a lot of these altcoins have been in these super depressed, low accumulation mode type ranges. What we're seeing now, though, if you look at some of the traditional things is you're seeing the price move into the 50 and 200 day moving averages where the 50 and 200 got a lot lot closer together. Um, And that has been significant for me as a signal. And a lot of these, when they actually pop, have been either a move to the 200 or a move above the 200. So two of the examples, one is one chain, which I did not catch the move to the 200 because, uh, to be honest, I didn't, I wasn't as optimistic because the 50 and 200 were so far apart from one another, but it busted straight to the 200 day moving average. You look at some of the others like, uh, like loom, for example, uh, it moved to the 200 and then it had a decisive move above the 200, like just really impressive moves. That is different than we've seen anywhere else in the bear market is that type of stuff. So when I'm looking for opportunities right now, I'm either looking for a retest back down to the 200-day breakout, like what ADA did, or I'm looking for something that's kind of compressed between the 50 and 200-day moving average and is looking for a breakout above, like a more anticipatory move. And that's like what I described with NEO, where it's just like hyper compressed between the 50 and 200. And I'm basically betting on a move above the 200. Do you have any thoughts on that? No, I mean, the cycles chart. Okay. Uh, the only issue I have is if, um, yeah, the cloud has been Bitcoin, different depending on which one you look at. Um, the only issue I have is if Bitcoin does move to where we think it's going to move, these BTC pairs likely won't follow. So everything will probably move together on the USD pair, but um, it'll probably underperform Bitcoin. Well, that's my guess. You know, yeah. Like, like I'm in XMR right now because XMR looks identical to Bitcoin on the USD pair. Do I expect it to outperform Bitcoin? No, but uh, it just looks really good, just from a setup perspective to me. I... It might move before Bitcoin. That's another reason to sit in this stuff, like ADA mm-hmm. versus you know whatever. So I 100 yeah. agree with you on XMR. I'm also in uh, Monero. Um, in fact, other than Bitcoin, it's by far my largest position at the moment, which has been painful in some ways because it's just like deathly slow, (laughs) you know, like watching other stuff pop off and I'm like, when Monero, uh, but yeah, I'm looking for a move there and I do agree with you in terms of risk. Uh, the ones that have moved already, especially if Bitcoin does move up, I think relative to Bitcoin, those will bleed out. So I've been trying to take profit on things that move and uh, get into the things that have not and I think would maintain their price structure relative to BTC better in the case of a Bitcoin move because they're basically still in their accumulation ranges. Yeah, and we've talked about this a lot. Uh, Like in this type of market where everything's sort of moving independently, kind of, um, for me, it's best to just rotate out of stuff after the move happened. You know, like after LTC moved to 40, I rotated out. Yeah, it might have went to 60, but you know, I was going to eat. It went to 60. Yeah. So, like, I rotated out around 40 something and I went into EOS and that made a move. And so now I'm holding some EOS still, um, but I rotated into XMR because that hasn't moved yet. You know, like, this isn't 
to me, it isn't rocket science. Like, I'm not getting the best entries and exits on everything, but I'm just super cautious about um, yep. trading uh, complete, in general, you know? I completely agree. I uh, have done similar. My uh, my kids are moving pretty slow. I recommend people trade like my kids, not like me. They out, they've they outperformed me on the year, year to date. Um, I think they're up like 70% relative to Bitcoin <laughs> year to date. Um, nice. But that was partly because they were heavy, heavy Litecoin, real heavy Litecoin, uh, from a perfect entry, near perfect, perfect enough. Um, and yeah, but they're all out of, they're all out of Litecoin as it's extended. And it's not because I don't think that it can go further. It's that I don't think it's the best place for the money to be right now. Um, right. From a risk Just like BNB. profile. Just you like know, BNB. BNB and LTC. I've, same perspective. I've had that conversation with a friend of mine that has been heavy BNB. Props to him. He played the all-time high breakout very well. Uh, and once it got to that not quite 40k satoshis whatever that was i was like dude you got to take some off i was like this is financial advice friend to friend peer to peer <laughs> don't don't report me yeah. uh well, it's just like it's it's common sense like why would i hold something that's up 200 when something else hasn't moved yet that i'm expecting to move you know I, I don't know like at least like you said take some off take your initial trade off and hold the profit and whatever you know that's fine but uh yeah yeah i agree and uh, my only way to get him out of it was to shill him like half a dozen other altcoins that he could be a degenerate in. Uh, and he, he, made a, he made a couple of good choices off of that, too. So he owes me a beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so it's been a, one of the most interesting markets we've had. And uh, I want to follow up and, and see. We got we to gotta talk after Bitcoin breaks one way or the other. My bet is on up. Is your bet on up at the moment? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. As long as it's still in the cloud above 36, there's no question to me that we test the 200, we test 47, 48, whatever it is. Sweet. Well, let's uh, let's talk once that moves underway. Sounds good. All right, man. Have a good one. We'll catch everybody next time. Thanks. Take care. Monuments crumble in the blink of an eye. The easy river has just run dry. In a house of cards